Well, it's time for the Miami Sports Pod non-playoff edition for the Miami Heat. Will Manso, Dukie Lane, Clay Ferrero, and well, we had hoped that this would all be about the first round series and the Heat, you know, playing on the road this weekend and how they got started, and obviously that didn't turn out well. Now look, we, we got the great 48 hours of Dwayne Wade, and it was amazing to, to witness, to be a part of, for all of South Florida to enjoy one final time with Dwayne. It was beautiful. It was well done by the Heat, well done by Dwayne, and by everyone that cheered. But then the reality set in, guys, and that reality was quickly met by Eric Spolster talking to the media and by Pat Riley talking to the media. And Clay, when that reality set and you heard both speak, in particular Riley with his annual little, uh, you know, kind of state of the heat address, did you feel any better? <laughs> no better because it felt like Pat Riley just wanted to get out of town as quickly as possible. Malibu! Usually you've got, what, about a week to ten days between the end of the season and, and when he speaks, right, if I'm not mistaken? And this time seemed maybe a few days, but whatever it is, it's certainly not this soon. It felt like... They just wanted to, to move past the season. and Wouldn't you have, though, after giving well, everything? Well, sure. You know, I thought, and I'll let you keep going, but I thought the best thing that Pat said at the entire news conference, and he said a lot, I say that in jest, but when he left, he said, you know, thank you for everything, you know, to the media. Uh, it was a great year. Actually, it wasn't a great year. And then he, in paraphrasing, he said, Dwayne kind of helped us make it a great year. But this, there's nothing outside of Dwayne and the improvement of the young guys that you could really say to yourself, it was a successful year. No, one of my favorite things to do after Pat Riley news conferences is kind of guess at some of the things that he hinted at, mm-hmm. and and there were a few good ones that we can we can talk about along the way. But the thing that kind of stood out to me because look, we all want stars. Pat Riley wants stars. The fans want stars, and he said it over and over and over again. The thing he said that I found really, I, I think, finally it kind of crystallized what the plan is with this team moving forward. And he's talked about twenty twenty. And, and you look at the, the class of free agents in 2020, it's like Anthony Davis and not much else. DeMar yeah. DeRozan's there, Kyle Lowry's there. Both those guys are going to be on the back ends of their careers. And so it's like, what, what does he have, have planned? Then he spoke specifically about the new collective bargaining agreement. Mm-hmm. And, and the one little change in there, which has forced everybody to now think a year in advance. And now you've got players forcing trades out a year in advance because players get more money by re-signing with the teams that they're already on. Already on so yes. the new free agency is the year before you're an unrestricted free and, agent. Which means trades. Absolutely. Which means trades. And we saw it and we've seen it in the last year or two with players. And for some of the teams, it's paid off. We'll see, like, for instance, we'll see how Jimmy Butler works out. Uh, if that works out, if he decides to stay in Philly or what ends up happening. But you see it in these couple of years, and it's true, Dookie. Uh, I, I guess, you know, in in Pat's eyes, he said a couple of things that stood out to me. What Clay just said is very important, okay, as far as strategy. But I also think in disputing this notion that the Heat can't do anything. Pat Riley's absolutely right. The Heat can do something this offseason. They are not restricted in trying to do things outside of the free agent market, which obviously they don't have the free agent money in the cap space. But here's the problem. It takes two to tango. And we saw it earlier in the season with the Jimmy Butler. I mentioned Butler with the move to Miami. It looked like it would happen, but it takes two to tango. And the T-Wolves didn't tango, and Jimmy Butler ended up in Philly. So he's right, but it's kind of he's kind of walking along that fine line of I'm right, but you really don't control things. The bottom line, the Heat don't control how this offseason will go for them. Look, I'm going to be very honest with you. I usually love and I'm totally into 
every Pat Riley end-of-the-year news conference. Mm -hmm. I want to hear every word. He sets the narrative. He almost sets the language we use, right? He talks about logjam. We all start talking about logjam. So even phrases that he says become the vernacular that people who discuss the team talk about. Like you said, Clay, it usually takes a week. He thinks about it. He goes through it. He's very specific. I'm a little bit at the point, and I don't think Pat Riley would have a problem with this, where I'm sort of like, show me. Show me. I, I, I understand the, the landscape and the way everything is. I understand that he backed himself into a corner a couple of years ago. He apologized. I, to his yeah, point, I, he to, I, let me rephrase. He didn't apologize on, on Saturday, but he did admit that he's at fault. I, he said, point the finger at me. I, I'm at fault. And to me, it's like, we know that. So, like, it's great he did it, but everybody knows that the Heat are not playing playoff games this week and next week because of some of the decisions that were made around free agency, around some of the contracts that were given away. And I think there's a kind of a widely understood feeling amongst everybody that this roster, as it currently exists, has some really good potential seeds, Mm -hmm. but the the ultimate decider of how good this team is going to be is not on this roster yet. And so... You know, when I was a kid, my dad might fair. When I was a kid, my dad used to have an expression. If I wanted something and I would kind of bother him about it, believe it or not, my dad would go, you can stand on your head. It doesn't matter. Like it, you, what, no matter what you do, you can stand on your head. This isn't, isn't going to happen. And to me, Pat Riley talking was kind of a, you can stand on your head situation. There's yeah. nothing he could have said this weekend that would have changed my feeling about. Yeah. Show where, me. Uh, yeah, show show me. me. That's it. Show what? me. Uh, which, which I don't think Pat Riley would be insulted by. I think yeah. he's going to Malibu. He's got his journals. He's going to write out what he wants to do and go make something happen. And but, I think the reason why, to your point, Dookie, that that's more appropriate now than ever. Remember last off season, he came out and he said, well, we, we could just come right back, do nothing this offseason, and come back with the exact same team, but we know that the fans want more, and we're going to give them more. And then what did they do? They came back, came back with, with pretty much the exact same. So yeah. I, I think in this case, because last year you basically heard things are going to be different, and then they weren't different. It so, showed, yeah, it's, yeah, now it's turned into show me. Yeah, and it showed that he doesn't control this. He, he said, you know, there are no obstacles. There are only opportunities. But there are obstacles, I do believe, in getting to those opportunities. And the obstacle is – the other team playing ball. All right, by the way, our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there is no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines, the Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, that's 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. Now, let's not also, I guess, get right past the fact that the good of the Heat outside of Dwayne was the growth of the four young players. I think Eric Spolstra, and, and by the way, guys, let me, when I say that, let me stop there. I think you probably all noticed the same thing. Riley and Spo, both intentionally, in my opinion, because everything they do is intentional, in particular Riley, intentionally only mentioned the four in the young core over and over as far as the positives mm-hmm. and in a very kind of blase oh by the way eh, whatever way mentioned the veterans on this roster I don't think that that was a coincidence because I think that they are turning the tide to and Riley said it on Saturday we have a nice young core we have to see if these guys develop into more than just what they are now maybe they become go-to special players in the league. Maybe. You, you, you could see maybe a Bam becoming a double-double machine or a Justice in that role, becoming that all-around player. Who knows? 
and we got to surround them with a star now. We maybe even two stars, he said. But to my point on the veterans, they're clearly over this bunch. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the questions about how Hassan works with Bam, great eye roll. It's like, oh my goodness. Now the new narrative is going to be Bam working with Hassan. And before it was Hassan being a dominant player. Then it was because Hassan be a leader. There's always a narrative that never seems to really materialize. Goran, same thing. You know what you have in Goran. He's a, he's a very good player. He was an all-star player a couple of years ago. Look, he could still play at high level. He's not the part of the future here. And then don't even let's get, let's not even get started on Deion and JJ. So when you look at that, they intentionally, I mean, it's clear the direction this team is taking. Don't taken. get me started. Don't even get, don't me, even st- get me started. They <laughs> want to find a superstar and, and, and have these four kids come along. So let's go back a couple of years. And I thought it was fascinating that right. Riley actually told us at this news conference that they had two different contracts for Deion Waiters and James mm-hmm. Johnson, the with Gordon Hayward contracts and the without Gordon Hayward contracts. And the with Gordon Hayward contracts would have only been two years. And so then you would have been in a position where you would have had Hayward in this offseason and potentially the ability to move around some deals and and maybe bring in someone else. And it kind of changed the way everything went down after that. And, Will, what I thought was really interesting, too, about how he described the last couple of years, and, again, this is where you play the guessing game with Mm -hmm. what Riley said and what he meant, he made a comment about, we thought at the time that the East was going to be for the taking. And he didn't really want to elaborate on on why they they thought that or or why they decided Mm -hmm. to go with the short run with some B-plus level players as opposed to being patient and sitting back and, and not tanking but not going, you know, not, not fulfilling your, your – going right up to the, to the luxury tax threshold. My guess is, number one, they wanted to beat LeBron and, and they wanted to, to go out there and kind of – I don't want to say revenge, but I felt like they wanted to kind of compete against him and, mm-hmm. and take him down. And number two, I feel like they thought that outside – I don't think they thought the Cavs were going to be as good as they turned out to be. And I think they felt like, all right, the East is going to be way down. We can win the East. And and frankly, it, it was. They were right he up until – yeah. No, no. But what he was wrong about – was that this group was going to be the group that would do it. So what I liked, Will, about what he said was basically we're over that now. We, mm-hmm. we realize, we tried it. Yeah. So, you know, the, and again, I'm, I'm much with you guys because we heard it last year and then things didn't change. But I do like that there was an admission that what they did was wrong yeah, and, they, and that and they're they, ready to change and they, it. He said, we're, I mean, he said multiple times, they have this in motion. This is an advanced plan. We're steps into this plan in Riley's eyes, not, hey, we're at ground zero now figuring out we have to change things. They've kind of figured it out in the last year or two that, man, this, this, this wasn't the way to go. Now, if you go back on the timeline post-Big Three, Riley was right in one sense. Chris Bosh stays healthy with the acquisition at Gorn. This is a team that got the game seven of round two, mm-hmm. a game from the Eastern Conference Finals. That team with Chris Bosh healthy could legitimately challenge for the Eastern Conference. I, I, I 100% believe that. Mm-hmm. Chris got sick. It's out of their control. you got to move on. The miscalculations then came with Dion and JJ. You told the story of Gordon Hayward, which Riley admitted to. Look, we were going to sign them, get these guys to two-year deals. From my understanding with Riley and from what he was saying as he explained it, they wanted to not get left in the dust with nothing. Mm-hmm. If Gordon Hayward denied them, which he did, he goes to Boston, they wanted to come back and have some sort of stability. Now the question becomes, well, why didn't you keep him at two years contracts? Now, part of the answer is they felt, uh, Riley says that for for sure J.J. had an offer uh, and that, that Dion was getting looks too. How much, what those offers were, we don't know. But the bottom line is Riley said, look, I had to at that point veer and say, I need to make sure that I've got some sort of 
roster and organizational stability the next couple of years, and I have the financial ability to get these guys, keep them for the next three to four years. If anything, we could use them as assets in trade. And well, number one is they didn't pan out on the court for injuries for various reasons and for just lack of production. And number two is the whole notion of the way you made trades and what assets mm-hmm. changed literally from yes. one offseason to the next. Again, blame that on Pat Riley. He takes it, but that was his logic. Now, you could sit back now, Dookie, and look at the logic and say, maybe they just should have tanked. Sure, it probably would have been the better way. But there were a lot of little mis- miscalculations. Not going to Dwayne right away. If he, if you sign Dwayne 3-60 and 60, instead of signing Hassan, mm-hmm. then Dwayne's wrapping up that contract now. He never left Miami. Yep. You probably would have been better off because then you'd have free money this offseason, plus you probably wouldn't have made some of the other moves and you just would have gone out with Dwayne at the end and see what they would have been, and it probably wouldn't have been more than a 40-win team, whatever it may be. But again, these little miscalculations are costing the Heat a year or two in development. So that story, Clay, didn't make me feel better. <laughs> the idea that they had two-year contracts, much more movable contracts, they had a much better... Hey, door number one is that you get an all-star level player and give reasonable contracts to two questionable maybe one possibly ascending player and one journeyman okay in Dion and JJ that's door number one door number two is you miss out on Gordon Hayward and give them immovable lifetime contracts ah no like, no I don't disagree like, and, and my, you, my, like say less Pat right because no. the, honestly that doesn't make me feel better yeah, Mike, that, 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 like that's literally like help, God, God bless your transparency that's only more frustrating something that you guys both said which is true is that Pat and Spo tried to put their focus on the four guys right mm-hmm. on Josh on Justice As on should. Bam that's the good of this why right because everything else is infuriating there is nothing else that you can talk about besides the potential of those four young guys and what Dwayne Wade did over the last 16 years that doesn't make you want to rip your hair out. Because when I hear that they had a much more reasonable plan, but eh, you know what? We went with plan B, which was much, which, which put us in a much bigger hole and means we're going to be average next year. That is insane. And here's the other thing that I think about, right? We think about what a great year Dwayne had. And how useful he was off the bench. Okay, mm-hmm. what, what were his averages? They were, he was he was you know he was averaging double figures. He played over seventy games. Whoever you draft as a rookie, unless you unless you strike absolute gold and get the second coming of Dwayne, they're not going to have a better season than Dwayne. So essentially, bearing some sort of gigantic move that we can't anticipate, as Will said, that requires a dance partner, we're going to be sitting here in three hundred and sixty-five yeah. days and saying. Few. We're not gonna uh, the the season review for next year is gonna be few. We're done with we're we're done with Gorn. We're done with Hassan. I give I like I give the plan credit in the sense that this year, look, twelve months ago, Pat Riley told us there was a log jam, and this year he moved three of the logs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, he got rid of Tyler Johnson mm-hmm. and his contract that a lot of us thought was immovable. He got rid of Rodney Magruder and the coldest of ways possible dude didn't even make it to the team picture he didn't even get to see Dwayne's last game and he got rid of Wayne Ellington who as Clay pointed out in game one of the playoffs was a minus 40 so he got rid of three of the log jam what's the best thing that can happen next year the four players who you who you are pegging as your young nucleus Mm -hmm. get much better you draft someone who's useful 
and you get rid of a couple more pieces. And that, and unfortunately, well, a couple of pieces that, get rid of themselves. Right, and and that you know, and that is expiring contracts. Right, and that's where and that's where they're at. But any story involving them not going down this route or explaining why we're here just makes me want to scream. Well, it and does. I don't blame you because my first thought was, well, why if they if they had had agreed to those two year deals, right? Take why, it. <laughs> why were they not going to agree to them without Hayward? So that that was that one was kind of a head scratcher to me. I don't doubt it, but it was to your point. It was it was kind of frustrating because you look why. The one thing I will say about next year, and and this is not to try to paint a rosier picture than there actually is, mm-hmm. uh, was looking at the lineups that they used this past season. Their 10 most used lineups, right? So so not the lineups where guys played five minutes together and outscored the other team mm-hmm. by 10 points. Their, their 10 most used lineups, the top five out of those 10 did not feature Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was not in those lineups. Those five lineups had some combination of those four young guys and Kelly Olynyk and Hassan White. I'm so, glad you mentioned that, Clay, because there's, there's, I've been going back and forth. You know, we, we, we're all learning what advanced stats are and what they mean, and the NBA has grown to that so much. Look, the advanced stats say that when Dwayne was on the court, the defensive rating and certain things went down, uh, and the difference, the net rating and things offensively. So you have to kind of counter all those things and the way they approach things. Technically, you're right. Uh, technically, no, you are right. You're 100% right. Those are stats. They're right. But here's the flip side to that, and this is the part Riley addressed on Saturday as well. Who has got the thing you can't measure? And that's mm-hmm. the ability to take those big shots at close games. The frustrating part to me, I asked Eric Spolster on Friday when he met with the media. I said, who's who's going to be the go-to guy now? Like, Do you, do you start thinking about that? He said, oh, and he started giving that answer about a number of guys. That's it's the old the problem. Theory. When you have too many, you don't have one. Yeah, you know, and that's the problem that this team. There's too many of guys that are the guys, just guys. That, oh, one night we can go with Dion. What? I, I don't want to hear that. I want a guy. And what you lose in Dwayne is the guy. There was unquestionably no doubt that in big moments this year, Dwayne was the guy. More often than not, he made the right play. Sometimes he'd chuck up a shot and miss just because nobody else is moving and he's got to. Sometimes he'd make a great play and win a game for you. But right now they don't have that guy, and that's frustrating. I think ideally the the end-of-game situation is going to be Justice Winslow in kind of a poor man's LeBron type role in that he's he's the type of guy that because of his size and how well he's he's learned to to handle the ball and get around guy he can at least create mm-hmm. I say poor man's I LeBron. think Justice and Josh to me are the answers by the way because he can't score like LeBron Justice can't he doesn't have the shooting ability mm-hmm. he doesn't have that ability to finish around the basket so I think the ideal situation is for him to get inside and create for someone else and I think Josh is the most ideal guy but I mean if we're sitting here and we're being honest the guy on that team that has the best ability to create his own shot is Deion Waiters. In a late game scenario, there is no one better on that roster right now at creating his own shot. Oh, the only shot. <laughs> the problem is it may be a thirty foot fadeaway, and so that's kind of that's where this team is. And I think when you when you look at what they have now and you try to project towards the future, the good news when you look at what Riley's plan is. And let's circle back to what we said at the top of the podcast. If the, if the plan truly is in 2021 to try to use these contracts plus draft picks to start making trades mm-hmm. in 2020, the 2021 free agent class is really, really good. 
I mean, that's that's when you're going to have guys like Damian Lillard. You're gonna you're gonna have your LeBrons, your Paul Georges on on player options. Uh, but your Giannis, I mean, you're going to have some some potential real superstars. Donovan Mitchell is going to be a restricted free agent uh, coming. So you're looking at a class that. If you were were looking at the old free agency and trying to create space, create, be a room team, as Pat Riley said, that would be the year that you would be pointing to. But now that he's pointing to 2020, it's like, okay, well, he's going to have a lot of guys that he could potentially go after. However, the way it is like free agency, like Pat Riley said the other day, they have to want to come to your team. That's why... He'll, he was saying you can't control. You're right. It's the player, too. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's not just the team wanting to give. Because in this case, Jimmy Butler wanted to come here. T-Wolves couldn't figure it out. The Heat wanted him here. It just didn't happen. Uh, those are things that I think – I think here's the thing. I think from now till next season and when the season starts and the Heat get the training camp, there will be some sort of Heat trauma. The Heat will try to insert themselves in some sort of move that they want to make. The problem is between the assets and availability of players and all those things, I'm not sure if they'll be able to pull off. I know what Pat's saying. Pat is saying we have the means to do it. We can absolutely do it. He's right. Once again, he is technically right. But logically, in the way things going now, it's probably not right. So the weird thing about all this is if we had to assign why the Heat are in the position that they're in, I think everybody, including Pat Riley, would say it's because of Pat Riley, which is part of what leadership is about, accountability and admitting, you know, who makes the decisions and who makes the mistakes along the way. So Riley Riley is taking ownership of it, and this is his mess. Fine. But for some reason, and maybe it's just based on championships, maybe it's based on history, maybe it's based on the fact that I follow the guy's career back to the Laker days, Mm -hmm. but for some reason... If you gave me anybody in the NBA to clean up the mess that Pat Riley has made, I would want Pat Riley. So I think that of anything, like I didn't need to hear a whole speech from him. I didn't. I didn't need to hear. All I care about is that Riley knows what's up and plans to fix it and that he is in it to fix it. Mm-hmm. And if he is going to exploit a weakness like a Jimmy Butler situation where he wasn't happy in Minnesota and, well, and, and gets what are, Is it Bradley Beal? Is that the one we keep going back to that well, possibly? Beal's another one that's going to be a free agent in, in 2021. He He's on that list. And and I think he would be ideal. Man, could you remember imagine him next to Justice Winslow? It's like <laughs> one guy's game, his positives completely complement the other guy's negative. I mean, it's, it, it oh, could not the be heat more will have Well, the Heat will likely have the 13th pick in the draft, right? Well, uh, but it could be as, as high as top four and, but. And, and let me go back to what you were saying will earlier about how riley said we can do anything it's a blah 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 what i think he's alluding to hey i mean they they actually do have assets now coming down the pipe and so what i think you look at the way bam Adebayo developed as the season went on justice winslow has now signed to a very team-friendly contract mm-hmm. same with josh Ritz, even though josh fell off well, a little he, bit said, he said that the four core that they have including Derek jones would all be first round picks right now I, and i agree with him i i think he's right plus they have their first round picks and everybody made all this ruckus about the 2021 well now it's looking like the 2022 first round pick is going to be the double draft so that 2022 first round pick is going to be incredibly valuable say all that to say what i think riley is telling us is look if I, if I wanted to attach uh, 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 a Hassan Whiteside contract to Bam Adebayo in a first-round pick, sure, I could bring in one of these disgruntled stri- But do I really want to give away my first-round pick and, and Bam, who I think could potentially develop into that? So 
I think what he's telling us is just because we could get out from these deals, you have to be smart about who could potentially turn into those stars and make sure that while bringing in one star, you're not giving up on on one potential star in the meantime or Potent- two. To, to Dukey's, you know, and I know where Dukey's. Uh, we had this discussion on Jimmy Butler, and I keep going back to Jimmy Butler because that was the most recent one. You kept saying something, Duke, in the Jimmy Butler chase when we were all in this conversation that you didn't really want him because you didn't want that secondary star. You wanted the true superstar. And while I would have liked Jimmy Butler on this roster, the one thing I will say, I'm to the point now where if you're going to blow this thing up and start moving the Bams and all these guys and do this without being impatient before getting the free agency and getting a guy before you get that, that cap space in a couple of years, it better be a superstar. Thank you. It can't be a decent player. It can't be a borderline star. It can't be a secondary star. At this point, you're so close to the – it's almost like you're so close to the finish line now mm-hmm. that you might as well just suck it up and stay with the young core and then wait to get – maybe you get lucky in the draft this year, but wait until that real superstar falls into your lap. Well, and there's nuance to this, right? Because I, I still – look at what Jimmy Butler did the other day, and Brett Brown came out and He's said he was player. the adult in the room. So mm-hmm. if if you're talking about giving up, let's just say, the 13th pick in the draft and attaching that to one of the quote-unquote bad contracts to do a sign-and-trade for Jimmy Butler, like, I'm okay with that. But I don't want to give up, to your point, I don't want to give up a BAM for someone for someone who's not a Giannis, no. right? So I think it's like depending on the level of star, that's the level of of young piece or draft pick that you're you're willing to give up. They need they need a superstar in some oh, capacity, yeah. or, or as they, well as maybe even two. Yeah, yeah, they they don't need a very good player. Jimmy Butler is a very very good player, but he is not. They need, you know, I, I don't know how they're going to get him. And I personally, I think. Fans sat out this year because it was Wade's last dance, and that entertained everybody, and that gave everyone a reason to connect with the team, and that sold tickets. And I think we're in 2019, I think we live in an era where people are savvy enough to know that you don't want to waste your chips to get something that's not worth the return. Well, and and I think this, people this would late in the process. Is yeah, I mean they 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 just said, listen they 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 made the playoffs and last and lost in the first round the year before. They didn't make the playoffs this year. What's another mediocre As season? If three ultimately of five years they have not made the playoffs. Three out of five years, that's not so, my behavior. So what's it worth? What, I mean, what's it? What's the problem with one more year if you're going to really get something? Like, would you rather why mortgage potentially really getting something versus another? Because truthfully, they're probably locked into another year of mediocrity. They they probably, they probably are. are. They probably are locked in another year where if if you have the improvement of those four, I would like to roll the dice with those four and go in and say, let's see what these because I think those four as the nucleus playing a lot and barring look that he'd had twenty nine different starting lineups this year. A lot of it had to do with injuries. I think this could be a 44-win team that makes the playoffs with the young guys and the and the, the veterans play. The, like we saw in March, March mm-hmm. was the perfect combo for the Heat. The Heat showed in March that I think they could be a 44-win team. That type of team that will sneak into the playoffs and probably lose, but get in the playoffs. You can deal with that for one more year. Mm-hmm. You hate a year like this where you don't even make the playoffs, and then you're getting the 13th pick in the draft, so it's not like you're getting Zion. That's, by the way, speaking of Zion, that's what the Heat need. They you, they need the lottery gods. Riley kept saying that he's Irish. His favorite his, his favorite emoji is the shamrock. Mm-hmm. They need to get in that top four. 
they get in that top four, it speeds up the process. I by would one be year. so insufferable if the Miami Heat ended up with Zion. And, and you know what? I'd be okay with. I'd it. I'd be okay with it because I want <laughs> I the Heat to be, be good, okay and I want them it. to get a star. And I want you to go to our star sponsor today, Vera Motors. When you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you, there's no business in the state of Florida with better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac Buick GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. So, to put the finishing touches on our heat conversation now into the offseason, we probably won't talk heat again unless something crazy like that comes up or until draft time. Uh, the way you look at things now, to me the focus going into this offseason and going into next season is you got to get these kids to be the stars. you got to get these kids to be the face of the franchise. This core four, so to speak, that they have with these four guys that Riley says will be first-round picks, okay, if you're that high on them and we admit that they they are, play them. S- feature them. Give them featured roles. Don't let them get lost in the shuffle. Don't give me this stuff about justice and the versatility and with Dragic. No. He is your starting point guard. Bam is your starting center. Derek needs to play 30 minutes a game. And Jay Rich is, for the most part, your go-to guy. Now, if they can't handle that, Fine. Learn by fire, so to speak. Throw them out there. Because if they stink and it doesn't work out, you're going to have those availability to get guys in free agency in 2020, 2021, the double draft you mentioned. Then you worry about the future. But don't go out there giving me Dion and Gorin and these guys and these and JJ. Force them to me because their contracts say to force them. No, thank you. I'll admit I can be an optimist at heart, but I, I think something got lost that really kind of perked me up a little bit hearing the the exit interviews, and it really got lost because Pat Riley talked the next day, and it was like, okay, well, the focus is going to be on what he said. When Justice Winslow came out and said that they wanted to form their own mini banana boat crew with him, Bam Adebayo, Josh Richardson, and Derek Jones Jr., mm-hmm. that kind of that kind of piqued my interest a little bit because it tells you those four guys know that they are the future, and it, they're not talking about strictly going out and partying and 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 going out on an actual banana boat. It's getting together, working out. That would be out. awesome, though. But it, it would, and I think they will do that as well. But I think it's also a matter of getting together, working out, and building on the chemistry because. As the year went on, man, I, Bam Adebayo, he, there's a saying in football with guys who are in their second, entering third year often, that the light comes on and that they, they kind of figure out their mind's no longer tying up their feet, blah, blah, whatever the cliche is. That was Bam at the end of this year, man. He figured, he figured out how he to took finish the biggest step. Yeah, no doubt. And so I, I feel like those four guys, if they can work together and figure out who is who and, and whether Josh Richardson is the go-to guy – whatever it is, then they're going to show up to training camp and Eric Spolstra is going to have no excuse. He is going to have no other outlet than to play those four guys together. To. He said, he said many times, actually, on Friday, he said, uh, Derek Jones Jr. forced me to play him. Yep. Like, I didn't anticipate him making that leap. Bam forced him to put in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. Justice forced him to continue to give him the point guard roles even when Gorin came back for a bit. Then Justice, unfortunately, got hurt. Uh, Jay Rich, again, forced his opportunities early in the season for Spo to go to him. Now you just got to go dookie from that from day one. I'm fine. I think most Heat fans would agree with me that you can deal with another 40-42 win season if the kids keep growing and you give those kids a chance and you ride them. So there's going to be moments where Josh turns the ball over late or Justice makes the wrong decision or Bam misses a free throw. You could live with that as opposed to Dion chucking shots 
and Hassan missing free throws and JJ kicking the ball off his leg into the, into the first row of the seats. I'm sorry. I think those guys all have valuable spots as reserved. I do. I think they're very valuable as reserves. But I think your core is those young guys, and you got to ride them unless something barring getting a top four pick or a disgruntled star this offseason. If they lined up the entire Heat roster right now and said everybody who's going to be a part of the Heat's next real contention take one step forward, there'd be four guys taking a step forward. The rest of the uh, team doesn't matter. Dunk, Dunk, they really like Duncan. I think he could be that sure, shooter. Sure, maybe. And I think but next year he'll take a step in that. He really is a nice player that they like. And Yante's a guy that they want to well, feature a bit, which, which I'm fine with that. If, they want, if, if he's the next gem of Heat culture, cool. I'm fine with that. It's just, you know, listening to this and listening to you guys talk, it's just like more of the reality of this week, which is Dwayne Wade ain't walking through that gym. No, he's not. And, and, and I know these are all fine things, and, and this is what they got, and you, you play the hand you're dealt, but it's just, man, if you think about it, we've had him for, well, 14 years, but for, 14 since, and a half, we got since, since 2003, there wasn't any question who the last shot? I mean, we used to debate it, but it was debating two Hall of Famers. Do you give it to LeBron? Do you give it to Dwayne? I mean, it was. Do you give it to Ray Allen? Nice more, uh, yeah. I mean, now it's like, literally, you're debating four Hall of Famers. Do you give it to Bosh? Do you give it to Wade? Do you give it to LeBron? Do you give it to Ray Allen? Now it's like, do you give it to four, all potential teams? And and listen, Bam could be an All Star next year. We don't know. We really don't know. Listen, maybe Bam's the guy who can create his own shot. Guy's almost seven feet, has decent handles. Maybe at the end of the game, he, you're going to end up ISOing Bam, to, and Bam's going to be the guy who... point, I think if you go to the list of, of improvements, Jay Rich early, Justice once Gorn went down, Derek unexpectedly most of the year just yep. kept developing, but late it was Bam who really opened your eyes. All of their injuries, I know, I know. Will, the numbers aren't a lot, but, but Jay Rich getting hurt at the end of the year, Justice was out for a key stretch of the year, Derek Jones, the way he plays, he almost broke his hand on the rim four different times trying to dunk. And well, Bam were, Bam was look, Bam played eighty games. Bam was yeah. Bam was not the problem. They missed but, the playoffs because of injuries. But that's but, that's a cons- that's a little bit of a red flag to me. Well, but, but I mean, those guys were barely out. The, the the veterans, which you would expect, Dion was out a long time. JJ was out a long time. Goran was out a long time. Hassan missed a sort of stretch of games, not many. But the bottom line is, the veteran guys missed a lot of games. The young guys had a couple things that they, but they, I, and they, they, they didn't make the playoffs because of the, of the injuries. There's no doubt about that. That's not an excuse. That's the truth. But even if they're not, they probably they're not getting out of the first round. So I think we keep going back and forth. So let's just put this to bed. The Heat season is over. It was a great season, as Riley mentioned, in the sense that we got to enjoy Dwayne's last dance. I don't think that's a bad thing to say. I think it's okay to say in a non-playoff season. But the Heat have a lot of work to do this offseason. It started already. It's starting in Malibu. A lot of note-taking and a lot of a concentration in Pat Riley and his staff because they've got to figure this out right now. Miami Heat, non-playoff team three of the last five years. That's just not the Heat way. <laughs>